family and welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving don't forget to follow me on facebook at caregiving is a ministry what all one word today we're on the 26th psalm and reading from the new international version it reads vindicate me lord for i have led a blameless life i have trusted in the lord and have not faltered Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love. I have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of all your wonderful deeds. Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where you gl- where your glory dwells. Do not take away my soul along with sinners, my life with those who are bloodthirsty, in whose hands are wicked schemes, whose right hands are full of bribes. I lead a blameless life. Deliver me and be merciful to me. My feet stand on level ground, and in great and in the great congregation I will praise the Lord. I'll give you one guess who wrote this one. (laughs) Yep, it was David. Now I want us to go through the passage first, and then we'll decide what category this one falls into. David begins with the plea, does he not? A request. He wants God to vindicate him. And vindication means to relieve or to clear someone of an assumption or wrongdoing, like to clear their name. This is how David begins, and I'm, I'm left wondering why. After asking the question, David then begins to give his resume of good behavior, or what he could, or what we could label as being a quote-unquote good Christian or a quote-unquote good Catholic. He challenges God to test him so that he can prove that he loves the Lord. But the question that keeps coming to my mind is always why? Why does David need vindication and who is the audience he needs to prove himself to? Doesn't that stand out for you? When you read this, the first three verses are David asking God for the vindication, the examination to prove that he is blameless. And we'll come back to that word a little bit later. The remainder of the psalm is him giving his resume to God. Does he need to remind God of what he's done? Uh, no. And for me, this was reminiscent of Psalm 7, where David is asking God for vindication as well. But let's go back to David believing that he is blameless. The scripture that came to my mind is Romans 2.23, where we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hmm. There's no such thing as being blameless before God. Therefore, is it arrogance that led David to believe this or ignorance? Both are dangerous, in my opinion. But I think it was arrogance that led uh, David to this (laughs) phrase or, or belief. And I base that on the following scriptures where he starts to list his resume. He believes that he's blameless because he's done all, based on all the things that he's done, right? He does not sit with the deceitful. He, um, he doesn't associate with hypocrites. He abhors evildoers, right? 
He washes his hands in innocence. Oh my goodness. He believes that he has earned God's vindication. How many of us still hold onto just a little tiny bit of that belief that makes us think that we can earn something from God? Just a little tiny thought every now and then that you believe that your goodness is the reason God has been good to you. Well, that tiny little bit that you have, because I know you do, (laughs) is incorrect. If it If that were true, then we wouldn't need faith, right? Because we could just earn what we need from God and his blessings. But no, it's by faith that we come to God. And God initiated us coming to him. He initiated the blessing through Jesus Christ. Once we accepted Jesus, that's when we became clean and we were washed and we immediately had access to God. It wasn't anything that we did. And it's not anything that we could do. Now, does God bless our obedience? Yes, he does. But if he chooses not to do so, it wouldn't stop him from being God. And you would still need him as your savior. The word teaches us that that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But I think what gets lost in that translation is what it means to diligently seek God. When we're diligently seeking God, we're not doing so to be rewarded. (laughs) Because you won't. (laughs) When you diligently seek God, you're seeking him because you just crave to be in his presence. You crave to know him more, to walk with him and to walk in his will. You want to do the right thing because you want to be a good living example of his goodness manifested in your life. And so you diligently seek him to find out ways how you can improve and allowing the Holy Spirit to mold you and to guide you toward the truth of who Christ is and who you are in him. So when you're diligently seeking him, you're growing in your faith. And I think we talked about that in one one episode where you can't be stagnant. We should always be moving and growing with God. You see, the moment we start listing what we've done for God, that's when we've taken a dangerous detour. Now, going back to the question of why does David think that he needs to be vindicated, I think we must consider the previous Psalms that we've studied where David references his enemies and how they are after him. You know, the distress, the lament that he's speaking, the lament that he's speaking in this, hint, hint. He even tells us that they mock him for loving and trusting in God. So could it be that David wants God to prove to his enemies, the crowd, that thinks David is crazy for following God? I think that's what it is. But if that's the case, then the vindication isn't really to allow God to shine. It's really for David because David has something to prove. Which leads me to my next question. Why does he need to prove anything to anyone? Why would you need to prove something to your enemies? He's king after all, and he knows God is on his side. Why request to show those people? Why do they matter? I don't think he does anything. I don't think that we need to do anything to prove to anyone about our relationship with God. We do it oftentimes, though, do we not? 
when we have been praying for something that hasn't quite manifested yet, right? We're waiting on God to answer and there are people around us and wondering why we're still waiting on God or why we haven't gone on in God. Almost like Job's wife when all of the calamities and troubles afflicted Job and she was like, just go ahead and cuss God and go on. Kind of like that. And so we want to prove to them that we're right and God, you know, we are Christians and God is going to answer. But it's really not for the crowd. It's for us. And so God doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. The enemy would have us believe that people are are going to doubt God based on what we've done. Or they're going to doubt us. And it may be true, but it's still not our responsibility. That's between them and God. All we are to do is to continue to trust God, not looking to the left or to the right, but keeping our focus on what God has for us. People will say what they will, but how we choose to trust God is totally up to us. Now let's go back to this psalm. What category do you think it falls under? David is clearly under some type of a distress Is he not? Because he needs God to vindicate him. And he's listing all of the reasons why he believes his vindication should come. Because he's been good to God. He's been following God. And then he stands that he will proclaim God's name in the congregation. But he speaks about his enemies. And so it's clear that that is on his heart. And so this too is a song of lament a way of David expressing the anxiety that he has over the people who are probably make it all the more frustrating for him to carry out his duties. In this season of caregiving for your loved one or for a client, it may be not where you thought your life would be something you thought you'd be at a totally different place it's not what you had planned and others are questioning you your devotion to God why you continue to do what you're doing to go ahead and make a change what do you do you stand firm in your trust of God you've been praying to him you've been seeking him you know this is where you're supposed to be stand firm regardless of what others are saying they can only add or take away from you what you allow them to don't allow them anything I encourage you today to remember that God is your sustainer and to continue to place your trust in him you don't need to be vindicated you already have been vindicated through the blood of Jesus Christ stand firm in that let's pray God, we thank you. We thank you for being a blameless God. We thank you for being holy. We thank you for not associating yourselves with sinners. But through your son, Jesus Christ, you allowed us to be washed in his blood so that we could come before you as righteous. And even though there are times when we still sin, we don't have the sin nature that we used to. And so we can come to you as blameless, even though we know that it is only through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can do so. We come to you 
not asking for vindication, but asking for you to help us to continue to place our trust in you, to not be so concerned about what people around us are saying, but to be totally concerned about what you say. Help us to block out the noise so that we can hear you. Thank you for being a God who wants to hear our hearts and who loves us and who has already made a way for us. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, my podcast family, don't listen to the peanut gallery. You listen to the Lord and he'll continue to direct your steps. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.